<laughs> Yo, what's up? Back on. What's up? What's going on? Today is Thursday. Our weekend for the Sports Bag Bros podcast. But hey, since we're just two days a week now, we're going Mondays and Thursdays. Less is more because we will have segments that we will put out there in those days that would have been there that are not there, but they will be there. But let's get right into it. Today is a sports day. Going into the weekend, the NFL in its last week of regular season play. No Thursday night football. Just Sunday. Just Saturday. No Monday night. It's coming down to it. Yeah, you got a lot of playoff uh, lives on the line, a bunch of games with playoff implications. Should be an exciting weekend. Um, in the AFC, you got three teams who could possibly win the division. Yep. Uh, Jaguars, Colts, and, and Texans. And the Colts and Texans play each other. Yep. Uh, but their their uh, division title hopes rely on the Jaguars losing, which isn't beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah, going into it with C.J. Beathard, even though he played well. You know what? I was thinking when I saw C.J. Beathard in the last game, Trevor Lawrence has been playing subpar all season long. I believe he regressed from the first and even last season since he's been in the league. C.J. Beathard is pretty much picking up where Trevor Lawrence left off. You know, based on Trevor Lawrence's talent, you would think that there's a big drop-off between he and C.J. Beathard. But based on the way he's been playing this year, Trevor Lawrence, he's pretty much C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard is pretty much him. And you're getting kind of the same result. So whatever happens in this game in, in uh, Tennessee this Sunday, well, probably would be the same thing you would have gotten from Trevor Lawrence. Seems that way, right? Trevor, he had maybe one or two good games all season. Yeah. The rest have been pretty pedestrian. So um, are they missing much? No, exactly. They aren't missing much. And by the way, you know, Travis Etienne did play better in the last game, but he's had a pretty subpar season himself this year. You know, going into the season, I was more concerned about him hanging on to the ball, all this ball security, the issues he had in his first year starting because he can't, he missed his rookie year because of injury, came back last season, fumbled quite a bit, lost the ball a few times. This year, he's not losing the ball at all. He started off hot, but then things cooled off, averaging fewer than four yards a carry, which is a surprise. But he is kind of making up for it out of the backfield. But it hasn't been enough, you know, until they snapped that long four-game winning streak they had, or the losing streak they had. Now they just won this past weekend. But now they're playing the, the, the uh, Titans, who have their own issues. So, I mean, it could end this way. You know, if, if there's a three-way tie in the division, there's a bunch of tiebreakers. I can't even get down to it. The Jaguars <laughs> beat the Texans. The Texans beat the Jaguars. Indianapolis beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars beat Indianapolis. That kind of thing. You know, you just you got to go a little further down the line in the, in the tiebreakers to come to a conclusion unless someone could separate themselves now. Right. And I think that entire Jaguars offense is – disappointed this year you, you talk about kelvin ridley and we thought he was going to have a, a tremendous started off that way um you know i haven't really heard much i haven't heard his name much you know last last month or so and that's um, exactly what it is so yeah that offense leaves a lot to be desired um i i, I became a cj stroud fan just because of the oh. things he was doing before he got injured mm -hmm. so i'm going for the texans all the way yeah hopefully they beat the Colts. Hopefully the Jaguars lose and the Texans win the division. Well, I'm here in Jacksonville. I never disliked the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. I like to see them succeed. But I also know if they do succeed, they're pretty much going to go in the playoffs just to lose the game when they get there. You know, you don't want to get to a point where you're just happy to be there. After what they had done last year and after what was expected going into this season, they were supposed to have been taking that step forward, possibly getting right. to the Super Bowl. But now if they just win now just to get there, if they happen to get there and lose in the first round, that's still regression, in my opinion. And you can't mm -hmm. expect Trevor Lawrence to be the same player with an AC joint issue with his throwing arm. That doesn't go away in a couple of days, weeks. It goes away in probably a month or so, maybe you know, a few months or so to be effective. And especially towards the end of the season where everyone seems to be injured anyways. But yet, yeah, a three-way tie in the AFC South. And then you still have the game that's been flexed into the primetime spot the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins playing down in Miami, and Buffalo's a favorite. That's pretty surprising to me. Is it really, though? Because every time the Dolphins have played a team with a winning record, they've mm -hmm. got blasted. 
um, except for one game. Well, who who they be? Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Yeah, except for Dallas, and we know about Dallas's issues on the road. So, you know, is that really the win that it looks like on paper? I don't know, but blasted by the Ravens, blasted by the Bills. Um, they're the ultimate front runners for one thing. So if they don't get the lead uh, against Buffalo, they, ooh, it's going to be tough. I'm thinking more of being at a home, having a home field with so much on the line. And not only that, look at Buffalo and had their own issues with consistency <laughs> and playing up to par and what we thought they were going to be going into the season. You know, they still are the best team, or at least along with the Dolphins, we're going to decide on Sunday who's actually the best team <clears> in the AMC East. But they've been having their issues. When you expect them to win, they lost. When you expect right. them to lose, they won. And then anything else was thrown in the air. Wherever it fell, it fell. And here they are now. Fighting but did they figure something out against Dallas? But did they figure something out against Dallas? Let's just run it down their throat? I don't know. I don't think the Dolphins' run defense is, is that tough. So if they decide they're just going to come out and shove it down their throat, what can the Dolphins do to stop it? Yeah, well, that's true too. But the, the Dolphins, if nothing else, was known for their offense. So if their defense really can't get it together, their offense probably can. You still have a bit of a gimpy Tyreek Hill because of the ankle that doesn't go away either. He's still going to try to tough it out. But then you still have Waddle, uh, Waddle, and you still have like, a chain is back, and he's been putting up the, the numbers again. Not exactly eleven and twelve yards a carry, but seven, eight, and nine yards a carry. Still pretty damn effective if you if you can get the mm -hmm. ball to him. So yeah, yeah I, but, but Buffalo's controlling the clock, just running the ball, running the ball that keeps the offense off the field. So we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, uh, if I you ask me right now, I'm gonna say Buffalo wins that game. Yeah, I would like to pick Buffalo because it seems like it should be the way. And of course, I don't like the Dolphins because well, that used to be the just big rivalry back in the '80s, and that's when I grew up watching this <laughs> miserable thing. But, yeah, I'm going to just go out on a limb and take the Miami Dolphins to finally show up at home with something on the line. And both of their fans will be watching because, you know, they can hardly fill up the place, too. <clears throat> so they have two fans that will sit in the stands and watch this game. And then they'll have people at home. Everybody, all eyes on them. There isn't any Monday night football. This is the primetime game. Everyone else would have finished their own game. All the fans from all teams will watch this game because it should be entertaining, even if it's not your team involved. And I think right. that uh, the Miami Dolphins, with that being on the line and having that little oomph for home field, should be able to pull it off in an exciting game, hopefully. I don't think they've been in any games that weren't excited. They just haven't won them. Well, I mean, do you consider 49 to 20 exciting? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, <laughs> oops. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for the most part, I'm going to side of a 17 I mean, the scoring plays are exciting. Yeah, sure, the scoring plays. Yeah, but out I mean, of a there's, no, there's no suspense. Season. It's not coming down to the wire. Um, I don't know. You want to take one little game out of it. I have to, con, con, uh, what's the word, put into context what you mean by exciting. Because well, you know what? They were the ones who did drop the 70 spot on the Denver Broncos early this year. I know that's a long time ago now relative to where we're at now in the last week of the season, the 18th week. Well, I, I think that they have a little bit of that left, especially for what all teams who are injured. All teams are injured at this point in the season. The teams that are hopeless, the teams that are hopeful, the teams that are already there, like Baltimore and San Francisco, they have what they have right now. They're still injured. This is just how well can you play with this battle of attrition and still have success, and those teams have proven it. I think the Dolphins should be able to pull this off on Sunday. If not, that's just bad luck for them. I don't, but I don't think they're out of the playoffs because of it. I think they still get that – don't they get that, the wild card because they would still be a, a double-digit team in the same division? Yeah, I think they're in. It's just whether yeah, or not they're in the seating. division. Yeah. Yeah, and now the – um, you know, we talked about the Jaguars and the three teams that have the same record in the AFC South. But then we look at that game on Saturday with the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Should Lamar play? Should Lamar not play? I, I thought I saw a report that he's not playing. Okay, I thought they would just put him out there for about a quarter play, like the preseason. The Maybe. reason why, yeah, I say I say a half, but but you know what? Because the way it turns out, if he doesn't play this game, you get your bye. You don't play that game. And then when you come back from all of this, this is your third week right? until you get out there playing and for a quarterback with timing right. and all that. Man, and there's I, not enough practice in the world that's going to prepare you for this 
playoff atmosphere, even that home field advantage. And with Lamar Jackson's history of kind of not doing that well in the priest in the postseason, man, I think he's getting over it this year. But until he does it, he still hasn't gotten over it. I think that happened to them like three or four years ago. It may have been Lamar's MVP season. They had the bye week. He had a few weeks off, and then they played the Titans, and everything went wrong. Before they knew it, I think they were down 20, 20 nothing yep. halfway through the second quarter. Um, yeah, you you got to try and stay in rhythm. You know, practice is is not the same as as game day. It's just not. Exactly, and I, I don't know how to assimilate what's going to happen on the regular game as opposed to what's in practice. No one really does know the game speed deal. When it comes down to NBA sports, <clears throat> basketball, which we can talk about later with Draymond Green trying to come back after the suspension, still not a definitive date, just pretty much getting cut up to speed with his conditioning. So he's in basketball shape for whenever he does come back, because Adam Silver still has the final say on whether or not he's coming back and which day it's going to be. Yeah, we have to wait and see to he meet the parameters of his. Allegedly, he did. So they said he's done with the NBA. In two, weeks, in two weeks, his anger management, his anger issues are cured. Whole new man, whole <laughs> new angry man. That's we'll talk about is. that later. Let's stick. Let's stick to football. Yeah, and right now, I mean, this is what we have in the NFL. Not a lot of descript games this week because a well, lot you of got you got the Packers trying to get into the playoffs. The, 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 the last one I was going to mention. So, I, I'm on record. I, I've been done with Justin Fields for at least a month, maybe five, six games. And my reason for being done with him is every time that Bears have the ball with a chance to go down and either tie the game, take the uh, score, the go ahead touchdown, whatever, he either gets strip sacked, runs and fumbles, or throws an interception. Like almost every time. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if he throws for 300 yards. If when the game's on the line, you throw an interception often, almost every time, then those 300 yards mean nothing. If you're giving it up when you're scrambling every time in clutch time, then your numbers before that mean nothing because you're always giving it up when it counts the most. When your team needs you the most, you're giving the ball away. So now he's had this nice little stretch. Um, and the chant, the fans are chanting, "We want fields, we want fields." Well, um, man, I, 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 I don't know. I, it's easy to to start drinking the Kool Aid, but that's how you get yourselves in trouble. I, I'm, I'm not for it. I still, I'm not. I have not changed my mind. He looked like absolute dog crap against the Browns. That you know that offense did nothing against the Browns, and the Browns are a good defense. So yeah. He, he put up decent numbers against the Falcons. The Falcons don't have a 500 record. Nope. They beat the Lions. Well, the, the Lions have their own issues all the time. Division game, whatever. Um, but also the defense has been playing way above their heads, above the level that that the Bears were expected to play. Ever since the, the Montez Sweat trade, mm-hmm. that defense is playing at a high level. And I experienced in 2019 when they first got Khalil Mack, that defense was playing at an insane level. Mack was getting strip sacks. Eddie Jackson was getting pick sixes. Akeem Hicks was getting strip sacks. I mean, that defense was just taking the ball away. And it hit all of the offensive uh, deficiencies, all of their – their um, I can't even think of the word. Whatever they're missing, you know – you get the ball at the 32-yard line and you drive for a touchdown. Okay, it looks good. At the end of the game, you got a touchdown pass, a nine-yard touchdown pass, but you only drove the ball 32 yards. What happens when you get the ball at your own 19? You end up punting from the 27, right? And so in 2020, when that defense couldn't play at that same level, we found out Trubisky was not a good quarterback. We found out Matt Nagy couldn't call plays. He couldn't call a good game. An entire game. Oh, yeah, he had the Philly special or he had this play. One play for an entire game that you you bring out every three, four weeks, That that's not a good play caller. That's not an all good offensive coordinator. And so I, I'm reluctant to, to jump back on the field's bandwagon for that reason. 
Now, you did say that they have this little stretch going on, and it's been a pretty respectable stretch that they've been on that kind of put them in a pretty solid position momentum-wise, especially going to a game of this caliber with the rivalry at stake and being a spoiler for Green Bay. If they can do that in Green Bay, you know, Green Bay has a hot streak of their own with Jordan Love playing insanely this year. He's up there, and he's like number three in the league with touchdowns. You wouldn't think of that if you didn't think about it and see it. But anyway, but during this winning streak that the Chicago Bears have had, has it been a Justin Fields fueled winning streak, winning streak, or is it just a team that's just kind of coming together at the right time? And whether Justin Fields is there or not, they still would be in the same spot. It's been a team effort. I mean, like like I mentioned, the defense is playing at a very high level right now. I think they're either one or two against the rush, and then Montez Sweat he's made a world of difference. He's he's getting double teams. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. He's making everybody else's life easier on that line, and especially the linebackers. Um, they're they're not getting blocked four yards downfield. You know they're able to hit the hole or plug the holes, stop the run. Um, contract year for Jalen Johnson, so he's upped his game. But Eddie Jackson played in his ass off when it was his contract year too, and since then he's been scared to tackle people, scared to hit people. I think in four years, he might have two, maybe three interceptions. When his contract year, he had like six or seven. So after it. And now, now he's just making a lot of business decisions. You know, all that. Oh, he got him tackled. I'm just going to sit back and watch. Oh, he's at the one. I'm not going to stop him. I'll just put my arms out, act like I'm going to tackle. Oh, he made it. I couldn't stop him. I mean, his, his tackling effort has been pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Mm. Got his money. Got those silk pajamas. Right. Can't tackle anymore. But you know what? And, and the Chicago Bears are in a pretty bad spot if you want to look at it that way because if they're trending up and now you have fans coming, you know, a lot of these ownership outfits, they really listen to the fans if the fans are really pushing it. I'm not in the Chicago area, so I don't hear the media up there or see the fans or hear the fans really go after it every single day where you know ownership or someone in management is listening like they even do in New York. They listen, and then when the fans get a little bit too up in arms, they kind of respond and go to the station. But this happens to come at a time where there are quarterbacks in this upcoming draft, some of them that you want, or one of them definitely that you want, and even a wide receiver with Marvin Harrison Jr., you have two first-round draft picks. There's a real possibility to secure both guys, a quarterback and a receiver. And if everybody's screaming for Justin Fields, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult for Chicago to get rid of Justin Fields and bring in yet another rookie that you may have to start from the ground floor up, like a Jaden Daniels, if that's the guy. I don't know Ryan Poles. I don't think he's been along, around long enough for us to really have a good idea of his uh, personality, um, uh, how stubborn he is or how not stubborn he is. But if he's done with Fields, he should not be affected by the, the crowd chanting, we want fields, we want fields. Um, but he, he maybe might, might want to be concerned with the players saying they want fields because DJ Moore has come out and he wants Justin. Yep. Um, there, there are a lot of people in that locker room who believe in Justin. So that may be where the real problem lies. Yeah, and if that is the real problem, that is a problem depending on who you are. If you want him out of there, it's a problem. If you want him to stay around, that's something you really want to hear. And a lot of times these players <clears> are rentals, <throat> especially someone like DJ Moore, who had a pretty darn good a game, a couple of good games, but overall a solid year considering the mm -hmm. circumstances. Hey, you know, his voice will be heard. He's the guy they gotten over there. And did they give him just give him some money as well? So he's going to be the guy that's there that's going to have a voice in the locker room that's going to say, yo, we want him around. And if he's going to be around, you can't bring in these other quarterbacks. And could this be in a situation where he's just trending up? He's finally kind of sort of getting it. It just happens to be at the end of the season. You know, I know a lot of teams kind of do that, do this at the end of the season. The momentum doesn't continue in the next season. But Justin Fields could be that guy. We don't know until we know. Unfortunately, the only way to find out is seeing him next season when the draft is already over and those quarterbacks that are there, those players that are there won't be there if you didn't get them. Right. You know, I think this is sort of a similar situation to uh, Kevin Costner in draft day. He didn't have the number one pick, but he traded for the number one pick. The bears have the number one pick and they have a quarterback, Yep. but do they fully believe in that quarterback? 
you know, or do they take Bo Callahan, that guy from the movie? Yeah, Bo Callahan. <laughs> Bo Callahan, who is aka Caleb Williams, the diva I don't want on my team. Oh no, no, no! I don't. You know what? Once this process starts working its way out, going through the combine and those things, and the interviews that these teams have with these players, once all that stuff starts shaking out, I believe from what I've seen, you're going to start hearing less and less of Williams being a really top-notch blue-chip prospect coming out of the draft. I think he'll be a good first-rounder, but I think the talk of him being a generational player like you've heard like last year, I don't think those types of talks are going to continue. I think Jaden Daniels doing what he has done, that's probably the, someone who's on the ascend, and if he just has to go to the combine and really just get people comfortable because of the interviews that he has, and then he decides to run out there, even though he doesn't need to run, but if he does, does well there. And then, the you know, going into the quarterback room with these coaches and coordinators and scouts, if he's able to impress there, then you're talking about something in which they thought Caleb Williams was. And, you know, if, if he's going to be one of those types of talent, and especially the pressure now that C.J. Stroud has put on rookies coming in, hmm. now people think they're looking for the next C.J. Stroud. And who fits the bill more than anyone you've seen so far this year? It might be Jaden Wade or Jaden Daniels. Right. But I tell you what, don't sleep on Michael Penix. Oh, no. You know what? Um, we're, we're, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But yeah, I got the Huskies. I got the Huskies. I don't see Michigan slowing him down. Well, as long as he, he can be protected. If he has time to throw, he's going to make the throws. and But he, he's going to help his draft stock with a W. I think he is hell. I think he's helped his draft stock a lot up already, until this Yeah, point. he's already. Because when he was at Indiana, he wasn't really that great of a quarterback. I mean, I don't think Indiana's had a great quarterback how in how long. And then now he goes to the West Coast. Is it a West Coast thing? No, it's that he has the personnel around him to show his physical gifts. He's a Texas, a Florida guy, Tampa guy. But as is the NFL and as goes the NFL, they talk about these injuries from way back and how they can be issues now. And his knee history may be the reason why he drops a little bit. I don't think he's going towards the end of the round. But his talent for what he's done and what we've seen so far this season, he's a top five pick. But once they start poking and prodding, mm -hmm. then you see him as a, what, 15, 15 pick, which still isn't bad. But based on his talent, it shouldn't be like that. But based on his physical nature yeah. and the injuries he's had, the reason why he may just drop just because of that. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this the other day. Out of all the quarterbacks coming out, he might be the most NFL-ready. NFL-ready. Plus, you know he's 24 years old as opposed to other guys a, a few years younger or a couple years younger anyway. Um, so going later to a better team may actually be better for him. Yeah, and, you know, you hear people now talk about how being an older player is probably something that's not your best interest. They look at Stetson Bennett, who was older than that. You know, you go years back, you saw what Chris Winkie was. He didn't have a great career, but I guess it was as solid as it could possibly be based on how he came into the league. Baseball, the Florida State National Championship, then did the NFL. Old guy, had a whole bunch of money, bought an apartment complex, all that stuff, before he even got to college football. But, you know, I think that's kind of the new age play we have now an older player. And COVID, as you mentioned yesterday, it was a situation to where you're having COVID eligibility. Now you're super duper senior, years, 24 yeah. years old, maybe 25 in your next birthday. You know, well, obviously it would be 25 your next birthday, but <clears> probably <throat> during the season. And this is what you're going to get. But hey, I think the NFL, they do like those long-term guys that you can get at 21 years old so they can say he'll be in this league for 10 years with this team being this effective. Or well, that's what they believe. It's harder, I guess, when you're 24 years old, 10 years from now, you're 34. Maybe because of the success Tom Brady's had, they could think players could play if they're effective a little older. But that's why I say him going later to a team that's almost playoff ready or, yep. or you know, on the cusp of, of the playoffs or trying to ascend, he could be that guy to help them get there. Man, I just a guy who's gonna. I mean, he's not gonna come in. I doubt he comes in and plays like C.J. Stroud. Nah, I just I think he's more that. ready right now than than the other guys. I'm just thinking a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know it doesn't ball, sound like the right thing. It doesn't sound like the right thing, but the Steelers would be a team I believe he can go to and play well because I, the reason why it doesn't sound realistic because they just got Kenny Pickett two seasons ago. Even though he he's had he doesn't he hasn't shown much progress, but you never know. And that third season may be the season where he takes those steps forward. I don't see it. And I know you wouldn't want to waste another draft pick on trying to, you know, having a disgruntled locker room because you know 
there would be some suspension <clears throat> in that locker room if he did something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know where the Steelers pick, but if it's they have a chance to get into the playoffs, right? If they win, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking it's got to be in the 20 somewhere. Um, Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised, like if they make it to playoffs and they get brutalized because they can't score, and they're sitting, let's say, 22, and Michael Penix is there. I think that'd be a great pick for them. Yep, and I was about to say, well, New England could like that too, but they're picking very early, and Bill Belichick <laughs> might not be there any doggone way. So what difference does it make? <laughs> Bill Belichick yeah. might not even be there. So that's the common denominator out there uh, in New England in terms of being able to make that pick. And, well, now you're picking early, earlier than they've picked in a long time in New England. For that matter, they're used to picking at the last part of the draft and still having the wherewithal to pick quality players. Yeah, to, do we know if they can draft at the top of the draft? You know, can we don't really know. evaluate really? talent. They'll ask for Tim Couch or somebody now. <laughs> like, well, that's who we want. <laughs> you know, Jarrett Lorenzo, man. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah, man. But yeah, that's what we have this Saturday and Sunday in the NFL. Uh, a handful of games that we mentioned, not even a handful, like three games that we mentioned. The rest of the games are just filling out the rest of the season. Oh, speaking of the Steelers, they play the Ravens. I thought I yeah. saw uh, the Ravens are signing Delvin Cook. Yeah, they signed a Dalvin Cook. You know, in the beginning of the year, we were talking about Dalvin Cook, and I was hoping that the Jets did get Dalvin Cook. The Jets did get Dalvin Cook. And once he came to the Jets, we saw what kind of dog he was. And I don't mean dog in a good way. We're talking about a guy who refuses to block. At one point, I think I was reading, he had the lowest rating for blocking in the NFL out of all running backs. <laughs> he completely refuses to block. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And then he complains about playing time. Bro, you see the problems we already have in our offensive line. We don't need a non-blocking running back to join the fray of the turnstiles we have up front. Maybe just he wasn't happy with the New York Jets culture. Maybe John Harbaugh knows something uh, the Jets don't. We'll well, see. Maybe Brees Hall just did what Brees Hall did with a, coming off of a bad knee injury and with a deficient offensive line, still was able to move forward at least in this entire season. And Dalvin Cook, when he had his opportunities, he wasn't doing the same thing. So, But I know running backs need to get in the rhythm, but still, Dalvin Cook had enough runs, enough touches to do something. He didn't do, he didn't do anything. So now, he, yeah, might be, he might be fresh and ready for a playoff push. You know what? If, if that's so, <laughs> <laughs> I still think Gus Edwards is the running back there. And once they need some blocking, especially now that I know Lamar Jackson won't be playing on Sunday or Saturday, but if Lamar Jackson was there and now the new Lamar Jackson who doesn't run around like he's crazy, he actually designs his runs and he kind of buys time with his legs, you want to run it back who can block. And if he's that guy that was on that list, at the bottom of that list, that's not who I want out there. Gus Edwards will continue to be the running back there. And he's going to get you those guaranteed tough yards that he's been getting all year anyway. But nevertheless, Dalvin Cooks now with the Baltimore Ravens, and these other games are pretty much just games waiting for Black Monday. Get rid of these coaches. Starting with <laughs> Washington. Just just let them all go and see where everybody falls. Right. Well, what if they beat Dallas, though? If the commanders. Oh, the commanders. That doesn't keep his job. That don't keep anyone's job. No, no, no. I'm just oh. saying. Um, and, and the Eagles win. Then the Dallas, Dallas doesn't win the division. Oh, yeah, Dallas, yeah, exactly. The Dallas doesn't win the division. Then you're going to have a whole mess of nonsense down there. And by the way, I know since Dak has thrown his previous, his last interception, he says he didn't want to have 10 for the season. Two more interceptions put him at that double-digit number of 10. So he hasn't thrown two interceptions, I believe, in one game this season. I think it's always been one. So let, I guess for his own self. I think he has that in the back of his mind because he did talk about that you know, early in the season about not having the 10 interceptions. So if he goes into this game, gets his touchdowns and doesn't throw an interception, he can say, I got the touchdowns and I kept my word. I kept it 10 interceptions or below, or actually below 10 interceptions. And and, if, and, and under those circumstances, yeah, Dallas we'll should have, win. We'll have to eat some crow because we, we kind of – Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I thought he'll have it by week seven. <laughs> The yeah, way he he, he's, played, he's played much better than either of us expected. Oh, yeah. By the way, I thought he had it by week seven, week eight. He'll be throwing at number 10, and we were just looking forward to 15. That's it. But who, who can blame us? I mean, is it, our, our thinking was based on what he had shown us in prior years. So Yeah, exactly. Why can we not? And, and I think even with that in mind, there were people who would even give him the credit that he probably deserved, and I think he did deserve being in the MVP race. 
And still up to this point, he's not going to win it. I think it's Lamar Jackson's to lose. And with him sitting down, I don't think he's going to lose it. But um, and, and by the way, as far as awards postseason-wise, you were talking about how C.J. Stroud is not going to the Pro Bowl, hasn't been elected. Yeah, I, I think he, he's had a better year than Mahomes. I, oh, yeah. I'm not saying he's better than Mahomes, yeah. but <laughs> taking taking into account the, the Texans had the second pick in the draft, were so far away from the playoffs, yep. and he's got them this far. All they got to do is win, and they're in. And if Jaguar loses, Jaguars lose, they win the division. Yeah. As opposed to Super Bowl champs, we're way up here, and now they're kind of down here coming down to the pack. C.J. Stroud has had a better season, in my oh, opinion. C.J. Stroud overall has had a better season than a lot of these veterans in particular. Definitely rookie-wise, rookie of the year without a question. The only kid I can think of, uh, um, uh, what's the kid out there in the Rams, the wide receiver, Puka? Oh, yeah. Nakua? Nakua. Yeah, Nakua out in the Ram with the Rams. He's putting up a phenomenal year. I think people have forgotten about that, and I think this is one of those instances where the West Coast bias may be that big of a bias because the Rams still have a shot at the playoffs right now. You yeah. know what I mean? They win this game. I think they're in double digits as far as wins, and no one saw that coming this year. You know, after especially after they played the way they did last season. And now, would it be unfair to put him as number one and still have C.J. Stroud at number two because C.J. has missed games? I don't – man, going by the numbers this kid has put up, he's about to break records left and right. I mean, he's broken records left and right already. This isn't somebody that anyone pointed at as a, a special player or possibly special player, just somebody who got drafted out of BYU. And BYU, how well, many players come out of there? So what if – you know how, how voters are, the NFL votes go. C.J. Stroud wins Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. and Nakua wins Offensive Rookie of the Year, which won't make no sense, but that's probably what's going to happen. Somebody has to be. I still think the West Coast bias is going to supersede anything that happens. So uh, everything would just go to C.J. Stroud, and I think deservedly so, but deservedly so because he's done what I didn't think anyone thought he could do. And on the other hand, you know, Nakua is no nobody had the Texans in the playoff. No, no, come no on, they were bottom feeders for years. Right. I mean, who could expect them to do anything? In fact, I thought they did themselves a, not a disservice. I was like, man, they're gonna start this rebuilding process slowly. I was worried more about D'Amico Ryan's not really getting a shot <laughs> because he's coming into a mess. You gave him a bad job. You know he's not gonna do well. You're gonna fire him in three seasons, maybe two. Now. This guy's going to be coaching the year, probably. Yeah, probably. You know, a lot, and right, a lot of good things going on down in Texas. A lot of great things going down there. That's why I'm glad the Jaguars the are Houston. in the AFC South, and you get a chance to see this team twice a year. And every now and then, when the Jaguars are on the bye, you might get a chance to see them when the Jags are playing. But nevertheless, well, that's the NFL for this week. College football. Well, there's only two teams left, but there's a lot of storylines still lingering about. People still upset or trying to blame Florida State for not being a good team against Georgia. How can you say that and make a real argument when 29 of their players did not play in the game, including two possible first-round picks? My my issue with is with the people dogging Florida State but saying it was okay for them not to be in the playoffs. Okay, you you shut them out of the playoffs, and then you're upset that the players don't show up to play the game. You're telling them they don't matter. You're telling them their games don't matter. But then you want them to go play the game. Why? It doesn't matter. It actually does not matter. What they do in that game does not matter. So why should they play it? You already shut them out of the playoff, the games that did matter. And now you're upset because they opted out. And here you go, Stephen A. Smith. He said they they opted out because they didn't want to get their ass kicked. He said all, 20, all 29 players decided they didn't want to get their ass kicked and they didn't want to be told, yes, he was justified. How do you know what 29 people are thinking? You, you know what 29 people are thinking? Fuck out of here. Fuck you, Stephen A. Smith. The bench rider from Winston-Salem State said that? That's what he was. What does he know about being a top-notch athlete? Get out of here with that. He could talk and over-enunciate <laughs> over all he wants and put a long sentence together without a freaking period. 
all he wants. It doesn't change what happened with Florida State. 29 players decided to leave because of that one reason. They were disrespected that much. One of the few times that disrespect really mattered this time to where they were disrespected. They Their undefeated season did not matter. Winning the conference did not matter. Why should they stay? What's the coincidence here? There is no coincidence. The four teams that were in the CFP, none of their players opted out because they want to be there for a championship, especially their top players. I don't think any player from any of the top four teams that were left in the CFP opted out. That would have been Florida State if they had gotten their opportunity. Everybody <clears throat> stays. First of all, it helps your draft status against the very best, all eyes on you. So they would have been around for it. Now, whether they would have won or not, we don't know. But the point is, they should at least have gotten the chance. But because the mm -hmm. CFP really? wanted to have Alabama in there, and you couldn't have Alabama if you had Texas because they could not jump Texas because it made too much sense not to jump Alabama in front of Texas. That's yeah, why where, it looked that way. Where's the hate for Jaden Daniels? Where's the hate for Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, all the stars that didn't play. Where's the hate for yeah. them? They, they talked about fans showed up to watch, and they were they they were robbed because they're they're – 29 players opted out. Well, if I go watch Ohio State, I want to see Marvin Harrison Jr. I want to see 18 running down the field. If I go see LSU, I want to see Jaden Daniels doing his thing. Well, what's the difference? Why and not we, hate them too? And we saw the results of that. We saw how Ohio State was different without Marvin Harrison Jr. We saw how different they were without Kyle McCord, two of the big cards on their offense at least. Their defense played their butts off. They were up 3 nothing for quite a period of time until they just couldn't couldn't score and just couldn't keep on doing what they were doing. And Missouri still won now as the third best team in the SEC under normal circumstances. They were able to win just 14 to three. So it leads me to believe that if Ohio State had their full allotment of their talented players, particularly the quarterback and their all world wide receiver, they would win that game. But you know what? We don't know that and we never will know that. <clears throat> but as far as what Florida State done, look at the reality. As of June 3rd, which is the last day of the transfer portal being open, at least for right now, until after spring practice, 2,133 people had entered the portal. Florida State's responsible for a little over 1% of those 2,000-plus players. 1% out of 133 college teams. That says a whole lot. A whole bunch of these people were Seminoles that were in this transfer portal. Right. And you wonder why they freaking lost the way they did? This was not the 13-0 team. That was 13-0. That team that played against Georgia, well, you might as well be in a skeleton scout squad because that's exactly what happened. Right. And they're saying that that game was bad for college football. Leaving out an undefeated team from the playoff was bad for football. Oh, how football. can you even fix their mouth to say that? It's bad for college football when you did what you did and because you had some people who were on your side agree with what you did. You thought it was the right thing. You didn't even care about Florida State's. And both uh, teams, they, they got in lost. Exactly. Your two or they might have lost too, but I mean, at least they would have gotten their shot. You know, everybody's leaving with two losses. Those teams that shouldn't have been in in the beginning with Texas had more of a right than Alabama. But if Florida State would have lost, it would have been just their one loss for the season, not their second loss. Not a, well, it might have been a double digit loss. We don't know. But Florida State should have at least have gotten the opportunity to go to the national championship game. But now that we're here. Washington's I mean, a four that's all points. water under the bridge, but now people want to kill them for their players opting out. That's just asinine. You know what? If they're complaining right now, they better get used to complaining years down the line because this is now the new normal. Players just opting out. These other meaningless games because some sponsor attaches their name to it, throws out a few dollars, those are going to be as insignificant as they've ever been. You might as well not, they might as well cut down on the bowl games. It's not going to really matter anymore. Because these players are going to opt out. And then on top of that, the teams that do stay, you don't even recognize your own players by game day because the transfer portal, the brand new players there. I mean, I mean I'm not knocking any of these players. I'm glad they're able to do what they're able to do. It's, it's killing the what was left of the integrity of college football. But now we have Washington. Now we have Michigan. At least we have a traditional matchup between Pac-12, which is now right. pretty much defunct, and Big Ten. But Michigan being a four and a half point favorite, the line hasn't moved from what I've seen. But now I'm thinking, you know, like you said, I think that Washington has too many freaking weapons, especially at wide receiver, to where if you have two good defensive backs, that's one thing. You're going to need three or four good defensive <laughs> backs because they have tight ends who can catch, wide receivers who can catch, running backs who can catch. And I mean, I, I just think 
Penix, he's playing at a level right now. The other night he was in the rhythm. He came out, I think, the second half made 11 completions in a row, and then the first incompletion was a drop. Um, But it's not just 11 straight incompletions. He's throwing with so much accuracy, man. And that's why I say if if his team can keep him upright and he's not running around for his life, uh, he's going to make the throws. His guys get open. And I think if Washington, if they can get out to a lead, maybe 10-3, 14-7, it's going to be difficult for Michigan, especially if they're muffing punts and doing all the crap they did against Alabama. Washington will not lose if, if they give up the ball like they did to Bama. Well, I'm thinking more that's not as likely to happen. It hasn't happened all season long because like football. Right, I'm just are, saying if it does. If it does, that's going to be, well, man, that's going to be their demise. But it, they're creatures of habit playing week after week. They took off about three weeks, four weeks before this game here. So you can see a couple of kinks and things, a little rust and things like that happening. Now that they've gotten their chance to play again, and now they're going to be playing another week after that, I think now you're going to see fewer mistakes, but you're going to get a more premium game between both teams. And, I mean, credit, by the way, credit. We talk about Jim Harbaugh and how great a coach he's been, and he has, but his team is running without him two for six games this season. Coach DeBoer is for Washington. This guy turned that program around immediately. Typically, you think three, four, five years to turn a program around. He just came last year. They were four and eight last season. Well, now in another year, two seasons ago when he came, he turns that around to 11 and two. And by the way, he beats Texas in the Alamo Bowl last year. So to beat them again, it's just funny as hell that he was able to do it, but not surprising. And then this year, he's the underdog five times. He's won those five games. He's beaten nine ranked teams, all of them. And bro, I think while I'm picking Oregon all this time against them, because I'm not believing in what Washington is doing, I'm just completely forgetting about the things that they are doing, and it's pretty historic what they're doing. The nine, the top teams, and then now the five underdogs and winning all of those games, they're underdog again, four, four, uh, four and a half points. Man, it makes you want to lean that way because of history and stats. But, man, watching the eyeball test, <clears throat> I can look at a closer game, and I can still see Michigan pulling it off. But, my, my my concern being that I'm pulling for Washington is that Harbaugh says Texas could have won if they just stuck to the run game. We're going to run it down their throat. And if they can do that? If they do that and Washington has no answer for it, then Michigan probably wins by two touchdowns at least. But you know what? And to counter that, I remember the same thing I was thinking about when they played Oregon. Not only the first time, but even the second time. Bo Nix was finally going to run the ball and do what he's been doing, throwing the touchdown <laughs> as he had done, and he didn't do it. They've seen the J.J. McCarthy act in Bo Nix, a guy who makes even better decisions than J.J. McCarthy, a guy not as fast but not too much slower yeah, than Oregon McCarthy. doesn't have Michigan's line. You know, they don't yeah, have – Well, Oregon's a different kind of team because they're a finesse Pac-12 team. You know what I mean? The saying, Michigan, Michigan is going to be of dust if necessary. But if for some reason, this season in particular, Washington has been to bend but don't break defense, but their offense was always able to bail them out. And their offense and defense, their defense has always been able to kind of step up when they needed to because there have been games or a game in which Penix didn't throw a touchdown at all, and they still won. <laughs> so this team, complete team effort, I mean – Washington just playing the consummate role as underdog, and they fit the bill. Now, Michigan, I don't think they've been getting the respect they deserved over the years, um, over this the season, and they're finally getting it because they're just proving it, and they just you just can't disprove what they've done. You know, if Georgia was still in this mix right now, you'd be saying they're the best, even after Michigan might have beaten them. You know, people, they just don't get the respect. And by the way, as far as this uh, SEC goes, this is the first time in, what, 18 years? that an SEC team is not in the top one or two in the AP poll by season's end. And the first time that an SEC team has not been in the national championship game since 2014. Wow. Wow. And, and that's when Oregon played uh, Ohio State. It's craziness. <clears throat> it but, is. But, but you know, I'm, and that kind of lends itself to where I say, yeah, the SEC is the most dominant conference. The numbers always prove it. When you watch the teams play, it proves it. 
But this season in particular, I knew they were not the best conference. I knew that their top teams were not better than the top teams in the Big Ten. And we're kind of seeing how things worked out. In fact, the Pac-12 for that matter. You know, your best team, Alabama, apparently losing to Texas the way they did. Then getting bounced in the championship game the way they did. Well, kind of proves that. That's true. So now what's next? We're talking college football. We'll get a chance to shut the door on it on Monday when the game does come about. You know, but so basketball. Who you picking? I'm picking Washington. Oh, you took picking Washington? I'll wait till Monday to make this pick, man. Because uh, the game probably be going on. Well, what time the game? Is, isn't it an eight o'clock game? Seven thirty game? I don't know. Well, by the time the show uploads and man, we might do a watch. twenty minute show, man, <laughs> just to get it out there. You know saying, get our picks in now. Man, all the num- you know what? All the numbers to me says go with Washington, man. But I've been on this Michigan bandwagon, not even a bandwagon. I've been doing this because I believe what I've been seeing and what I understand who they have on their offensive line, those new people who came in on the offensive line from other teams as captains and incumbents on their team leadership. And we've seen it throughout the entire season. I think Michigan wins this game. Hopefully, J.J. McCarthy's going to have to play a lot better than he's played because his numbers have dropped in the past three, four, maybe five games after this last <clears> game. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Michigan. I got to I gotta dance with who, who I bought to the dance. I just got to point out, I picked Washington and I picked Michigan. You picked. Yeah. Who would you pick? And I'm picking I'm – picking, No, no, uh, last week, last week. Oh, Washington or uh, Michigan. I picked Michigan. And – Oh, I picked Michigan and I picked Texas. Right, okay. Oh, yeah. I just well, you know what? Out. Even a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Come on now. I even said though on Thursday, I said, you come in on Monday and I tell you that I was right and Trav was wrong. Hey, we'll have to see what this <laughs> hey the big enchilada's on the line right now. So um, we'll get a chance to see. I don't know about this week. I, I'm not as confident, but um I, yeah. I just I just think Penix, he like I said, he's in rhythm, he's playing yeah. at at an at a insane level right now. Mm-hmm. And as long as he he has time to throw, he's gonna make the throws. If I have to so, just pick up dirt. Just for the sake of making a point, this Indiana player couldn't do it when he was in the Big Ten. Why should he do it against a Big Ten team? <laughs> well, it makes sense to me when it came out to see how this game goes because of it. Wait, wait. I, I'm told Indiana's not a football school, but they got heard. they got blasted by Nebraska on the hardwood last night. Oh, really? Man, see, I didn't see that part. They, oh, they may not be a basketball school neither. I don't know. Basketball is playing well. Um, Nebraska is playing pretty decent basketball right now. I know conference play just begun, but right now, I believe what they're like 10 and 2 or something, somewhere around there. Yeah. So they're doing pretty well to start the season off. I was looking at a few of those teams yesterday. Like, man, we have some pretty good teams going on right now. I mean, uh, <clears> the, <throat> big, the Big East. Speaking, you know, connect, speaking of college basketball, we got to talk about Caitlin Clark, man. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Man, that, that is one badass chick, dude. Yep. Legitimately um, bad, too. She might be the GOAT. You know, who is the women's basketball GOAT? Is it uh, Cheryl Miller? No, from from who I've seen. You talk about in college? I don't know. Because I saw Brittany Cheryl Miller didn't play with a three-point line, did she? But she wouldn't be shooting from the logo, neither. Caitlin, she's the female version of Steph Steph Curry. She's going to light up. She'll be that person and make she's, that WNBA something worth watching. She's right. She's the only one to have so many points, so many rebounds, and so many assists. Like, there's a list of one. It's her. She's the only one on that list. Um, so she might be the GOAT college player of all time, man. Um, <clears throat> her shot, what can you say about it? it it's pretty. It's smooth, her release. Not the it, usual pushing it from the chest shot you get from yeah, the Yeah, she shoots from the logo. She doesn't push it. It's not a push shot. Um, But I even saw her throw somebody's shot in the lane the other day. I was like, oh, I didn't know you did that, yeah, too. Wow. Um, that girl can play, man. That girl can play. That's all I, that's all I know. Yo, and like I said, I think she's going to be the reason why people may just decide to trickle over to the WNBA just to see her. Even if it's just for a short period of time to see if they're seeing what they're seeing, you know, I'm not going to say she's going to be the one to make it into the NBA because that would be Brittany Griner. When I watched her as a college player, I thought if someone's going to get a shot, they won't make it. But if they're going to do something, even for political correctness reasons, 
to give him an opportunity to the NBA or even G League, it would have been Brittany Griner. That's how dominant she was at Baylor. But then you had Candace Parker. And we never got a chance to see Cheryl Miller, man. We never got a chance to see Cheryl Miller in the WNBA. And according to many people I've seen in the Olympics, she was the best female they've ever seen play basketball in their lives. So I wish she would have had a chance. She just came along too late. But then there was Rebecca Lobo, and I like Diana Taurasi myself. But right now, <laughs> nah, not competing right here with Caitlin. You know what? Now that you mentioned uh, females maybe in the NBA, I, I don't think it'll ever happen. But I saw Mary McGee. She's been on our our yeah. show before, uh, former world champion boxer. She's on Facebook talking about they're allowing transgenders to compete against women. That's total bullshit, man. The blonde I mean, bomber was talking about that just bullshit. the other day. Joe Lewis? <laughs> no, the blonde bomber. Ebony. Oh, the, <laughs> he said the brown bomber. Yeah, like, Joe what? turned in his grave over this fight, man. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I thought they said the brown bomber. Yeah, the one from Australia, man. <laughs> the blonde bomber. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous, that's man. See, boxing, is that's the kind of sport it is, though. For dollars, you, you got to be a total piece of shit to be be a man. Say, you know what? I want to fight a woman. Identify as a woman. I'm gonna fight women. I'm gonna be champion of the world, mm -hmm. man. You are a piece of shit, man. For the meantime, could this be a conspiracy against Clarissa Shields and put a man in there and get her when they want to put her <laughs> on the back? But you don't have to go that far. But only boxing can already do something like it. that. You already and been not been. care about a black eye or how bad it looks. She's already been slept. So yeah, exactly, that's true. But they wanted official. They wanted official. They want box to say L slept. That's it. That's what they want to have. <laughs> they they want to have something official on the record. But that's yeah, our, our world is just is getting, it gonna be in this country or everywhere? I don't know. I haven't I think I the Nazis did start in this country to begin with. That that's one fight or however many fights it happens, I will not watch. Mm -mm. I, I'll refuse. Nah, nah, I'm not watching any transgender fights. Oh, while what we're I'm talking boxing, man, uh, middle fingers to Canelo throwing shade at Bud Crawford saying he never beat or he only beat one great fighter. This guy. Name the great on. fighter you beat, Ginger. <laughs> Why is Canelo doing this to himself? Man? He doesn't have to do this. Old. Canelo has the money. Kovalev, old. Kodo, old. Triple G, old. And you didn't even beat Triple G. Except the third time. Third time with Triple G. All the names money. on his record, those guys were old. And then when he did fight greatness, he got embarrassed. Floyd won nearly every round. Bevo won nearly every round. Name the one fighter you beat, Ginger. Caleb Plant. <laughs> and he was losing that one before he won. Great fighter, I said. Great fighter. I know. Well, I think you said somebody with gloves. That's all. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why he would even come out like that. Canelo has no reason. And then on top of that, he don't want to fight Benavides. This dude don't have no no right throwing shade at nobody. Shut the hell up. That's a fight that has to happen. I don't think this isn't Riddick Bowen and Lennox Lewis where you can get away with not fighting. Yeah, right. You can't get away with that fighting. Those two kind of like didn't fight when they should have fought. I don't think this era can go by even this late in Canelo's career the way he could just. If nothing else, pass the torch to the young buck or prove that you're not ready to pass the torch the torch by beating this young guy. I don't know. It's like... It, he doesn't come across as something. You know what? This entire career of, of Canelo's, he's never come across as someone to me that was afraid of another fighter, man. This dude's a real boxer, man. He's a real fighter. I think he's... he. I don't know the reason. He's making up reasons for why he won't fight Benavidez, but I think if it comes to... If the fans come out too hard against it or if the public overall just gets too much on it, he's going to say – he's one of those dudes that will say, you know what, screw it. Oh, my gosh. And, and supposedly there's a rematch with Floyd and Pacquiao? Man, one's I 46, the other one's 45. Are you serious? Is, is he going to count or is it going to be an exhibition? Exhibition or not. No one – well, there are people – I'm just saying because if yeah. it counts, well, then I'll say oh, I'll give him his 50 if he beats him. Because right wow. now Floyd's 49 and 0. Imagine yeah. seeing those two McGregor go fight 12 rounds. Huh? Just imagine watching those two go 12 rounds. Now, because no one has a belt, they might be 10 rounds. But I, 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 good I know, can you watch it? I mean, it's not a bad thing. I just don't, I think it's more of a desecration of boxing to have these old legendary the, fighters. The thing fighting. about it is, it's, it's going to be pay per view. What's the of charge? Of course it is. Be? The people are going to pay and they're going to try to give us a $100 fight. That's not going to happen. 
No. I don't Unbelievable. know. I mean, it's going to be strained because there aren't any more. I don't know. I I can't I can't call it, man. I can't. I'm at a loss for words. Man, that's it's craziness. Yeah. Craziness. It is. It, it still went off the rails. <laughs> and Pacquiao made the announcement like like it was some type of a New Year's gift. <laughs> yeah, uh, by the way, I'm going to be uh, having a fight with Floyd Mayweather. What? When did Floyd was <laughs> his, when was Floyd able to keep his mouth closed long? Who was enough? who was calling for that fight? No one. Maybe Manny Pacquiao, the, the show is probably well now. He thinks he could use it. Maybe. It doesn't, I, doesn't make any sense other than dollars and cents because it will make money because there are suckers out there, the people who don't like Floyd enough that still say he's going to get what he deserves, and people who love Manny Pacquiao and just want to see him fight again. That's what you're going to have paying for this kind of a fight. Oh, before we sign off for the weekend, we got to talk about those bum-ass Lakers and LeBron being too soft. <laughs> LeBron was sick yesterday, media. man. Come on, man. Get out of here. That dude will. So they said. He'll always talk. And then after the game, he has a he has a shitty game to take another L. Oh, he can't talk to the media. That's the GOAT. Fuck out of here. Well, he, I, I think that. Oh, they're, they're, that guy's talking crazy. Get him out of here. He gets fans ejected. He don't want to oh, yeah, talk that, to that's media. weak. That's lame. Man, you know he's talking about soft. He's proving he's soft. It's not me hating. He's showing that he's soft. He is soft. I don't care. Fans are going to be fans, and they will even risk their season tickets or even their entire life of watching games in person just to be pains in the ass to certain players. And he's one of those players they would like to do it. He's throwing fans out, man. I, you know, you know. I mean, the thing about it is he he's been playing great. He's playing at a high level. His teammates aren't. AD is. AD he has is, one, yeah. He has one bad game, and now he can't talk to the media. Come on, man. Don't be like that. Did you watch the game last night? Because I turned it off for a little bit. And I, I think I turned it on when he talked about, I think he had three points in the first half and he finally got his other points, you know, in the, in the opening of the third quarter. And I was like, bro, I can't deal with this West Coast. I got to get to bed. <laughs> it's a game over. <laughs> I, I, I did watch those Knicks, though, against the I Bulls. Didn't stay up for it. I didn't stay up for it, but the Pacers beat the Bucks again. Bro, the Pacers, <laughs> man. That Tyrese Halliburton, you remember a couple of nights ago, 20 assists with not one turnover. That dude's nice. He's absolutely insane, man. You know, and I hate that the guy doesn't get a lot of credit. This particular guy, Ray John Rondo, was a lot like that dude in terms of just distributing the ball. But you know, he's old, his age now. No, he shoots people. too, man. He goes to the basket. Oh yeah, he does it all. He does my it all. my thing is, nothing. I don't know if I have to keep saying this, but when the trade went down, I said they're just playing to outscore everybody. They don't have enough scoring to do it because they <laughs> they don't have nobody to guard Halliburton. You know, maybe Drew could have slowed him down somewhat, but Lillard don't play defense like that. Middleton can't play defense like that. The man, they might need to make another trade for a defensive player, Dylan Brooks or Marcus Smart, somebody. Somebody. They, they're, they're, their championship aspirations, are, are, they're, they're going to go down just like the, the Dubs, just not yeah. as bad. Yeah, and in light of what the Celtics will continue to do, especially at home, I mean, they could lose on the road, but at home, man, they're just insanely good. Now, they did have a couple of close calls last week on, at home, some close calls, but they still were able to pull it off. But, man, I mean, look at the, the Clippers, by the way. They won 13 of their last 15 games. When yeah, it really Clippers started off, we'll talk about how James Harden was just a dark cloud. They're seeming to get it together somewhat. A long time to go. What's he going to do in the playoffs? In the playoffs, exactly. We still remember those nine points. And about, what, 40 minutes last season in the playoffs, just not acceptable for a legendary player in which he thinks he is. Yeah, my thing is you got a lot of these younger teams playing really well, but how long can they keep it up? OKC is playing really well. OKC is killing it. T-Wolves are playing really well, except the Pelicans pounded them. Orlando, um, I mean, they're coming back down to earth a little bit, but Boncaro blown it up. not even to the All Star break, you know. Yeah, young kids, young kids, they got that energy to run it until you start getting to the grinding part. That's when they kind of fall apart. But you know, you got it works in waves in terms of, of getting your team to become championship caliber. Oklahoma City, we talked about in the beginning of the season, even before the season. They, in my opinion, they were the best young team, proving it a little bit right now, a lot right now. But yeah, they finally got beaten, got their what four or five game streak. Winning streak snapped. Definitely a good team to watch, man. SGA, if there's ever been a player that needs props and being the MVP voting, he's definitely up there along with MB. Yeah. And Tyrese Halliburton. 
there. He needs to be there. That guy, yeah. man. Yeah, but he has help too. You know, you got Chet. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Chet's a beast, man. He might get rookie right? of the year. Oh, he should get rookie of the year. He didn't play last year. This is his first year yeah. playing. Still, still, like I said, they haven't haven't made it to the All Star break. A lot of basketball. And that's true. Played, a lot of basketball. Right now, I'd say he's the front runner. Yeah, and his little frail body might not hold up as it didn't just last season when it was even more frail in the preseason. So, yeah. All right. So that'll be putting a lid on the show today. We'll be back on Monday because there'll just be a little bit more time before you find out who the new national championships of the 2023 season is in college football as Washington takes on the four-and-a-half-point favorite Michigan Wolverines. In Go Texas. Huskies. Go Huskies. Hey, Wolverines. Keep running the way I had you running from the very beginning of the season. <laughs> Don't embarrass us. Until then, he's biased. I'm Trav. We'll see you Peace. on Monday. That Adios. says deuces.